0: How to invest in 2020 by age. Haga, haga, haga. It's Brian Preston, the money guy.
1: Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. I don't know what Haga 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 is, <laughs> but I do know when you bring out the finger guns, that means
0: it's going to be a good shot. I think I, I, shot him, I shot him a little early. Uh, you they did. supposed you to shot, come at the end did. of it, but I was so excited because, Bo, the Haga 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 is because we do the net worth by age. This will be th- our third anniversary That's of right. that. And here's what we realized because these shows have gotten so popular. We were trying to fit it all into an extravaganza type (laughs) show. But we realized, no, no, no. We need to focus, one, on what goes on your net worth, the assets, the liabilities, the footnotes that go with a net worth statement. And then we need to have another show that's about the behaviors. That's right. How should you invest your time? How should you invest your money? I mean, there's so many things. And then what things to avoid also from an investment standpoint. So this is going to be that. If you ever wanted us to kind of break off The boring assets and liabilities from the behavioral stuff, this is your one. This is your behavioral show. So, we're gonna kind of hit this thing hard, and I think it's gonna be pretty exciting. And I think we can, a lot of people, if you marry these things to these two shows together, it's going to be pretty valuable information for you. Yeah, I think that's exactly
1: right. And what I think is so interesting is the way that you should think about investing, whether it be time, money, resources, whatever, it changes through time. What you're doing in your 20s is very different than what you're doing in your 50s. And so we're going to try to, try to walk you through that today.
0: So you ready to attack this let's thing? Let's jump in. You, you want to do a... <claps> Woo! Okay, let's kick it up. Here we go. <laughs> 20s. 88 times over. Now this is, if you're brand new to the Money Guy show, you might be new about this, but if you've just watched three of our shows, you've probably, you probably heard of heard us heard mention this. 88 times over. So mention, tell them what that is, and then let's talk about the behavior. Yeah, so what stuff. we've
1: done is we have mathematically calculated that if you're a 20-year-old and you can employ your dollars to go work for you from now until the time you turn 65, you can turn $1 into That's how powerful every soldier in your army of dollar bills can be.
0: Well done. And it's true. These things, this is your chance to launch. I will tell you, if you feel young and broke, you should feel a lot of just empowerment in the fact that Your time, your age, actually gives you a huge superpower over your much older peers that make more money than you. So don't blow this opportunity. So let's go ahead and talk about how do you invest your time? What should you focus on in your 20s?
1: I think it's so interesting. You just said, Brian, the most valuable thing that you have in your 20s is time. And so the very first thing we're going to talk about is, okay, well, how should you invest that time, your most valuable resource?
0: So the first thing, and this is hard when you're young because, let's face it, you go through college, you, you have now spent probably 16 years of your life sitting and being told how you should mm-hmm. do things. You've been in classrooms. Yep. So you're ready to do something. You're ready to go beat. So guess what my first thing is? is I'm going to tell you, you need to go get 10,000 hours worth of experience. You're like, oh, my goodness. I, but I promise you, you need to be patient. You just said I spent 16 years or 16 whatever
1: Learning, and now I got to go spend five more years learning again, whatever this profession, whatever this trade is. And the way we get that is we, uh, Malcolm Gladwell came up with this expert and he said that he talked about it, he did not come up with it. Malcolm would want us to correct that, but he did he, turn it, popularize the he concept. popularized the concept that in order to have mastery in anything, whether it's basket weaving or basketball or
0: golf or whatever, you need to do it for 10,000 hours before sure. you develop mastery level. So definitely go put the five years in at becoming an expert on something. Also, go get a mentor. Yep. Don't reinvent the wheel. If you find somebody who is doing what you want to do, And you don't have to go blaze your own trail. Go find somebody that can love on you, mentor you, and teach you that knowledge because usually successful people want to be generous with that type of stuff as
1: well. I think one of the things that I remember from my 20s that was so interesting is I know a lot of my peers would look at folks in their 20s that were just slightly older. You know, so-and-so graduated college. They went and bought the nice BMW. I'm going to go buy the nice BMW because they did that. Maybe pick a mentor who's done this for a little while, has
0: a little bit of experience behind them so that you can model yourself after them well. I think that's a good point. And then investing yourself. Now, this is this is one of those things where I don't want you to get busy doing nothing, because mm-hmm. I think it's easy in your 20s, especially if you've finished college and so forth, you might have more downtime than you've ever had in your life, because yep. you don't have to study as much as you did. You don't have kids yet. So you kind of own your life. That's right. So you're probably that, I want you to take a deep breath, enjoy that moment. But then you probably need to ask yourself, while I have this this time, this extra capacity, should I be doing something mm-hmm. with this? Because this is maybe when they advanced degrees, the yep. credentials, because Bo, you did it. I want you to tell your story. You got all of your certifications, including the CFP, all three parts of the CFA exams, mm-hmm. And it was a week before your marriage. That's right. I finished the very last exam one week before my
1: wife and I got married. And it was wonderful because what I did have back then was time. I think I've told you this over and over again. If I had to do it all over again, there's no way I could do it at this stage of life. Just being so busy with all the different things and young kids, it is much easier if you can do it early. Because you
0: don't have margin anymore. Once exactly you get right. the, the 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 wife, you get the kids, you get the you know all the obligations and things pulling on not only your budget but your time – You don't own your life anymore, so make sure you do that stuff while you have the extra margin, the extra capacity. And you
1: said another reason why this is so great in your 20s is in your 20s you don't have a ton of experience. You don't have a ton of time behind you. So one of the things you can do is can go credential up or degree up so that it does age you a little bit. I think you said that's one of the ways that you – overcame having a baby face early on
0: yeah i was insecure and had a baby face so i went and put a lot of credentials after my name to try to to kick it up a notch now another thing oh go ahead i'll just say here in your mid 40s you still got a baby face you've you've kept it around you've kept it around i I appreciate it by the way speaking of baby faces i don't know if y'all have noticed we got a trend (laughs) here on the pictures. we are putting our team members of the bound wealth on the slide so if you guys are listening in podcast world Definitely go to YouTube and you can see some mm-hmm. of our team members. The only one I'll pick on is Reeby, who's behind the scenes. And we like, Reeby, why are you not in the photos? I'm taking the photos. And, and that not is like not a good excuse. A gazillion folks that could have taken so, the picture. Let's get on. Let me keep on with things so I don't get in trouble from um, Daniel on our, our time management skills here. But I want you also to consider your 20s as a chance to take a chance on a job. I had a neighbor who um, he told me he was selling print. Door to door, and he wasn't making a lot of money. Right. He was, but he was playing basketball in the evenings, um, using some of that. Game. I don't know that I would say that is the best way to use that extra margin of time, <laughs> but but it worked out because through that basket those basketball games, he was able to network and he met somebody who said, because this is he was in Illinois, and they said, I'm out. You know, I'm from California, mm-hmm. um, technology company. We can't find enough salespeople. We can't have enough technical people. And and my buddy was like. I, I need to that. go over there because I'm selling door-to-door, making basically minimum wage. you tell me if I go to California, I'll have all this opportunity. So he tells me that moving to Silicon Valley in his 20s was the best decision he ever made. Now, he quickly went back later after he had... You know, got his experience, got his foot in the door, and now was completely marketable. He's used that in other opportunities. Yep. But I thought it was great advice: is that this is when you're in the 20s, you're unencumbered. Why not take a chance? And if you, if you can, if you can handle it,
1: yeah. And then the last one. This is one I think that people get so caught up in Brian. Mm-hmm. They say this all the time. They say, "Oh, well, I'm in my 20s. I want to go out there and create memories. I want to go see the world and backpack across Europe and do all that stuff." And that's wonderful, but. That's not the full story.
0: I blame it on the gram, on Instagram. Yeah, everybody feels like, I mean, my wife tells me we want to start traveling, but all the cool places you want to go travel to, there's so many people that are trying to just go get the Instagram photo. Uh-huh, so they're uh-huh. going so they're now over over um what do they call it? Over vacationing or they, are you know, it's a there's a whole problem yeah. in a lot of these unique historical places. landmarks and stuff. So it is one of those things where I will tell you, you do not have to travel to some small distant landing and run up a ton of credit card debt to create memories. And building memories does not have to be expensive. I would tell you, you know, one of the things, if you're using debt to create memories, you're doing, doing it, all it all wrong. wrong. So, so make sure you do what I think is bigger things. We talk about this all the time. We pick on Rebe about it because she's married and we daydream because if you ask me some of our best memories of marriage... What do you do on a Tuesday, Bo? Man, what do I do on a Tuesday now? No, I'm talking about back in your back 20s. In if the you day? do it all over again and you had a little more, ex- if you had more margin in your life, what would you do oh. if you were newly married and it was Tuesday? I'd walk in the door and I'd say, baby, let's go see a movie. Let's go get takeout. Let's go, out and let's go to a movie. Let's theater. go to a movie because it's one of the few times in your life you, you can go do those things. So creating memories does not have to be super expensive. Mm-hmm. It just makes sure you use your time wisely. Yeah, in your 20s, we think it's about the little things, not the big things. Exactly. Um, let's talk about where to invest your money. Mm-hmm. So, this is a powerful concept, but yep. let's talk because this kind of explains the 88 times over.
1: Yeah, it's the whole, whole idea that uh, if you just start early, you don't have to do a whole lot. It yep. only takes a little bit to be very, very impactful. And this is what we said if you want to be a millionaire by the time you turn 65, how much do you have to save at each age? Well, we know this, and this is the whole 88 times over concept. At 20 years old, you only have to save 95 bucks a month to get to a million dollars by the time you get to 65. Anybody can do that. Anybody. Anybody can save 95 dollars a month. If you wait until age 25, it goes up. It's about 160. 30, it goes to 340. 35, up to 540. 40, you are in the four digits. We just want to show you that if you can start early, it's a lot easier to build wealth than if you wait much later in life.
0: So. Understand, in your 20s, open canvas of opportunity. You're probably feeling broke. You're feeling like you just don't have a lot. You might even be a little jealous of some of your older peers. Guys, this is why your time and deferred gratification, compounding interest, is the greatest equalizer ever 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 created so you got to pay attention to those things and it's going to be a really powerful thing so let's talk about order of operations yep. but with savings deductibles 401ks how do you know where to put your first dollar or your next dollar where should it go yeah
1: we've done a bunch of great shows on order of operations reeves you think we can put that in the we'll actually put that in the description. Uh, We think that starting out, you need to have a couple thousand bucks as your emergency fund. Once you get there, then you want to go get your employer match because that is free money. You do do not want to walk away from that. And then, because 88 times over is such a powerful concept, we think for young folks, if you're able, Roth assets are so, so, so
0: valuable because they actually grow tax-free forever. I think the theme there is free because we talk about employer match is free money from your employer. So get that free money. Roth assets are tax-free, meaning they grow without Uncle Sam taking yep. any portion in the future. You don't get a deduction now, but it does grow completely tax-free. Think about that fact that if you're saving $95 a month, that like we showed you yep. on that previous slide, if you could have all that money grow completely tax-free, super powerful stuff. Yep. So now the next question, Bo, is, well, how should you do this? What's the you know, what's the part? Is it, how do you invest? Yep. Uh, We think that when you
1: start out and you're young, a great place to think about investing is in target date retirement funds. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of it for you. All you have to think about are two things. How much am I putting in what day do I want to retire? That's it. So you pick 2030, 2040, 2050, and then it will naturally adjust for you. Right now, while you're a long way away from retirement or a long way away from that date, it'll be more aggressive. But then as you move through time, it slowly gets more and more conservative and adjusts for you. You only have to focus on
0: when do I want to be financially independent? How much do I want to be saving? I think it's um I think what I like is to give data points too, because mm-hmm. we we tell people. If we know how we're going to invest, well, how much should we be mm-hmm. saving? And everybody knows we tell everybody 20 to 25% is your goal. Yep. But I understand 20 year olds, you're just starting out. You don't go, you don't start running like you're in the Olympics. Right from the get-go. You kind of have to crawl, then you walk, then you learn to run, and it's only then when you learn to run that you can figure out if you're world-class enough to go to the Olympics. Well, kind of investing's the same way, and we understand that. So that's why we talked about order of operations, the basics. But I like that Fidelity... Give some guidance while you're working on getting to that aspirational goal of 20 to 25%. They shared that like a 25-year-old, you probably should start – as long as you're saving 15%, you're probably going to be okay right. by the time you reach retirement. So I thought that was a really powerful thing. 30-year-old needs to be saving 18 35-year-old, 23. You see how quickly, just like Mm -hmm. to become a millionaire, the numbers go up quite a bit. It's the same way with savings percentages.
1: Yeah, so the big thing is you just want to start young. You want to start as early as possible because the earlier you start – the easier and more powerful it will be for you.
0: So let's talk about what do investments to avoid. Okay. So what are what are the big things, Bo? Yeah.
1: Number one, I think that we see a lot of a lot amongst our millennial counterparts is holding too much cash, yep. uh, because they've kind of grown up in the recession era. They have this analysis paralysis where they don't know what to do. So they just build up cash, build up cash, build up cash, not recognizing
0: that you could be doing 88 times over with those dollars. Yeah, every one of those dollars. I mean, you're not being a good field general if you That's think right. about those dollars are not ma- maximizing their potential. So put the money to work. Yep. There's nothing. I want you to have cash reserves, but don't hoard too much cash. Um, also, this is, this is a big one. I think people YOLO. When you hear yo lobo for a twenty year old, what, what, what comes to mind? Uh, I think that means you
1: only live once. And that's the folks who say, you know what, I'm gonna take advantage of what I have right now. So I'm gonna go do all the things that I can do while I'm in my twenties and have all the experiences. Reward and all yourself. The that's what they're I've thinking. Earned it. That's yeah, exactly right. I've
0: earned it. I, I I need to do this for myself. The problem is if you can't afford it, you can't do it. That's because exactly you're not right. really it's like I said, if you're funding your memories, through a credit card, you're creating a nightmare. I promise you, these yep. are not fulfilling dreams. You are creating a future nightmare for yourself, and you're going to look back and go, there's where it went wrong. So don't make that mistake.
1: Another thing we think that you should avoid in your 20s is racking up. And I'm doing, if you're li- listening out there, I'm doing the air quotes, good, good debt. debt. Yep. And when we say good debt, we're talking about things. It's easy to justify, oh, I'm buying a student loan, or oh, I'm going to buy my first house. So I'm not wasting money on rent. There are debts that are okay, but be careful racking up good debt because
0: at the end of the day, it's still debt. Yeah, so be careful. Debt is very dangerous. It's a tool that can get you in a lot of trouble really quick, so pay attention to it. Here's something, you know, you're going to realize you might have, you get your first job, you start saving, but you don't want to go the boring way that the money guy showed. That's right. you. You don't want to do index funds that have this incredible, you know, hundred year history of being <laughs> successful. You figure, you know, the way to do this is penny stocks, stock options, cannabis, bi- Bitcoin. I mean, all these things come to mind on because you are so daggum smart. You don't need an index fund. That's for, that's for old folks. That's right. We're going to Bitcoin this thing. Yep. And you know,
1: in that same vein, you know, one thing that I did, I actually got, I did this myself, right? I bought insurance in my twenties to act as an investment. I bought whole life insurance. I did that exact thing. I was one of those people who just fell into the trap of trying to be too smart and not recognizing how simple and
0: how easy it could be. That's it, and you just said it. It can be simple. I promise you guys in your, your 20s, don't let somebody sell you on something that's false or try to make it seem like you have to do something complex or edgy. Your 40- and 50-year-old sales go going to tell you, do the index fund. <laughs> I'm telling you, that don't. And here's why. I don't want to spend a ton of time because I know we need to move to the next thing. But innovation's going to keep walking, mm-hmm. guys. I mean, all of the things that make your life easier—your cell phone, you know, artificial intelligence—all the things, the innovation, the globalization of the world—the markets will keep making money. Get in on the good stuff that's going. The pizza pie is getting bigger. Make money off of that instead of trying to go recreate I, the world. You, I think you said it beautifully, Brian. Uh, it's simple until we make it hard. So yeah. just don't make it hard. And it's the best time in the world to be an investor. Everything's free practically now, so do it. Let's talk about 30-year-olds. You know, Bo, we could have put you on here, but instead we put Carter.
1: I I don't know how I drew that short straw, but you know what? I like it. I think he looks fantastic right there. We think that the 30s... Is the messy middle? Yeah.
0: It's where life
1: just—it gets complicated, and it just gets complicated fast, and it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere.
0: It I'm, is definitely the time to grow up, and I, I'm I'm the forty-something kind of looking down on you guys from because I've been there, done that, and I love this this discussion because. This really is the time that you need to invest. Now, I realize you're going to have less money in your pocket because all things pull out. You're to have less time mm-hmm. you know, and capacity. But this is still a time that you need to focus on these things. So let's talk about how you invest your time. Yep, love it. Uh, I think one of the things that I recognize
1: amongst a lot of my peers is in your 30s is where you start figuring out, is what I'm doing just a job or am I on a career path? Am I actually moving in the direction knowing that I'm doing something I'm going to do for the rest of my career?
0: Yeah, and I think it's much easier in your 20s and 30s to make big moves Mm -hmm. within the career field. Um, It gets a little harder in your 40s. I mean, being the son of a father who lost his job in his mid-40s, it was kind of traumatic because it's just not as easy. People are a little more apprehensive, and I know they're not supposed to be, but they just are. Yeah. It seems like people are more apprehensive in their 40s, so it's it's not as easy to jump around. And I've heard you say this before, too. You feel a lot of times in your 30s,
1: that's really the last stop on the ability to make really high-risk choices like – moving across the country or making a big job change you can still do it in your 30s and get away with it in your 40s and 50s it becomes a lot harder of a thing to do
0: well you can do it even in your 40s and 50s but the problem is if it falls to zero meaning you put this thing in the ditch 20s and 30s you can easily recover right. 40s and 50s is going to leave a mark yep that's so exactly just right. just be aware of that so this is also the time in your 30s look we get it you don't have much capacity, so make sure you get the work-life balance right. I'm not saying that you're not going to work some extra hours. I'm not saying you're not going to be super busy because, Bo, we just talked. Before we hit the record button, you're like, i just not going to be able to get it all done. I, I mean, I, I heard you physically lamenting out loud. <laughs> that's right. And we joke about the fact you're going to do more when you're dead. You'll, yeah. you'll sleep when you're that, dead. And I, I know that we're joking, but it is, I want you to know, Everybody feels it, guys. So you are not doing it differently if you are just strapped. But it is one of those things I do want you to focus on, making sure that you you have at least a healthy enough balance that you can make it through. And I'm going to
1: just say the other side of that coin, only because I see this with my peers. We talk about work-life balance in terms of making sure that you have enough life in there. It's not just all work all the time. But also make sure you're not one of those 30-year-olds that's just floating by, and it's all about life, and you're not actually doing the things now, advancing your career, making the steps now to set you up so that you do have a good 40s and 50s. It really is a balance. It's a balance of hard work, but, but, but understanding where your limits are. Sure.
0: And that's a great transition into the memory section mm-hmm. on how you should spend and how you should build memories. Yep. Always, this is the sage. I picked on you. I hate to keep bringing it back, no, but you y- are yeah, living this. this is the messy middle. I think successful people, people who are overachievers – You are so used to going through mental checklists. Think about it. In elementary school, that's what made you Mm -hmm. successful. When you got into college, if you were good with logistics, if you were good with studying, you were rewarded (laughs) by just going through the order of operations, the path. There's a reason we named it financial order of operations because we want to give you a checklist to go through. The problem is if you're an overachiever who bases everything (laughs) off of checklists, sometimes you forget to hit the pause button, take a deep breath, and smell the roses. As soon, I know, I start, as soon as I
1: check a box, I'm ready for the next check. What's the next? What's the next hill to conquer?
0: So take time to take little celebrations when you get your first promotion, mm-hmm. if you pass a certification test, if you buy the first house, take a moment, breathe in the moment, look around, and enjoy it because it's just not going to last forever.
1: Right. And Brent, I think in show prep, you were you were educating me a little bit. Is that? Doesn't seem like
0: you're the first to come up with this concept. Oh, go ahead and show the slide, Bo. Go ahead. This one, guys. Show prep. I asked for this one. I said we gotta put the the, the two songs. You're going to miss this. I mean, it is. He's Trace Atkins, I'm telling you. I we put this on in show prep in the meeting. I almost started crying. I saw it. That's all gonna And I then, and then to and go and Darius here. Rutgers got another one same concept. It won't be like this for long. I didn't sing Darius cuz I can I can do Trace, I can't do <laughs> Darius. But it's it is one of those things where I everybody out there who's got family, who's got commitments, you're like I'm not going to make it through this. But then there really is and this is why it makes my hair grow stand up on my arm is that you're going to get your kids are going to get older, and you're going to be like, God, I'm, you know, it was chaotic, chaotic, but, man, I missed some so of those sweet, things. Sweet so, so, so make sure you smell smelling the roses and enjoy that stuff. Man, okay, woo, we got to keep it going. we to get it off of that We're going to get all dusty-eyed this. here in a minute. It's something in my eye here in a minute if we don't keep this thing rolling. All so. right, so
1: now let's talk about, again, in your 30s, where should you invest and what investment should you avoid. So, uh, Brian, you, you say this all the time, now it's time in your 30s You gotta grow up. You gave the 20 year old counterparts some relief. In your 30s, you better be saving 20 to 25%.
0: I am a son of a gun on this, guys. And I know trolls, you come at me because I'm ready. (laughs) Because at this time, I'm telling you, by the time you're in your 30s, you need to be saving 20 to 25%. You are a freaking grown up at this point act like a grown-up and start saving the money. So do it. Make yep. it happen and you will, I promise you, your 40, 50-year-old self is going to, want to give you a huge sloppy kiss and a bear hug if you do this thing right. So, you know, it's in, in that same vein, you
1: are, in fact, a grown-up. So now you do have to focus on things like risk management. Maybe some of the things that you neglected in your 20s. Once you have people depending on you like spouses, children, aging parents, whatever it may be, you need to make sure that you have the things in place that you need like life insurance, like disabilities, insurance like estate documents all the things out there that could potentially
0: derail your plan you do not want life going in the ditch just because you're not here to protect your family so pay attention to risk management Target retirement funds, we talked about this mm-hmm. in the 20s. They're still popular. But, Bo, something starts to happen when you get to three to $400,000. What, what are some things when you might be graduating from target retirement yeah, that's, funds? That's
1: why we have an asterisk right here because we think that once your assets do get to a critical level, you do graduate past sort of the generic solution of target date retirement funds because not only can you focus on just – When you want to retire, you can start looking at customized asset allocations, how you're investing. You can start looking at asset location, what types of accounts am I building, tax-deferred, tax-free, after-tax. You can start looking at strategies to offset income taxes like loss harvesting and capital gain avoidance. At a certain point, your portfolio, just like you grow up in your 30s, your portfolio
0: grows up in the same way. That is great, great. I mean, whew. Man, we're knocking this thing out. Let's hit, the, let's hit the investments. Now that we've been all positive and motivational, let's kind of want, want, want this right. thing and put in what investments to, uh, to avoid. Now, this first one I thought was really interesting.
1: <laughs> we have on here paying down low interest. And I'm like, bro, we'll run. I thought paying down debt in your 30s, that's a good thing. That's something we should be encouraging and preaching. I want
0: everybody to be debt-free in their 50s. <laughs> if you are in your 30s, in your 20s, and in your 30s, you are blowing it if you're paying down that 3.5% mortgage. You need to be – look. I, I I love it because we used to speak so like PC on this. Yeah. But you're taking a stand firm. Yeah. You're saying, no, look. that's uh, If you're under 45 years of age, you should be paying your mortgage and then and making sure you're getting that 20 to 25% savings for the future. You need to be doing the Roth IRA. You need to be loading up the retirement accounts. Because I'm telling you, compounding interest is your – Biggest asset that time of the money working for you. I want you debt free, but you're going to be debt free in your late 40s and your early 50s. There is so much time to get out of debt. You don't need to misappropriate the misappropriate those assets while you're in your 20s and 30s, which is the ripest, richest, chunkiest times to get that 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 compounding growth. So focus on that.
1: You know, another thing that I do see in my and 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 paying down low interest debt. That's like the I'm going to say the good side of it. The bad side of it, and we see this all the time in the 30s, this is when lifestyle creep starts to happen pretty significantly. You buy the bigger house. You get the nicer car. You just have to have the jet skis or the boat. It's where you let your life start to get a little bit out in front hey, of you.
0: high school doesn't end at 18, guys. You know, you're going to be experiencing the same insecurities you had in high school. It's just much bigger toys and expenses and yep. credit card debt and other things. So, so avoid the lifestyle creep. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. They're all broke. I'm telling you, I've <laughs> seen the stats you can take yourself out of that game because just assume all people who have more than you are probably in debt. It's a great Look, coping mechanism. It's a mechanism. great coping mechanism. So, so do that, and I think you'll be in, in a good place. So let's talk about, we picked on our 20-year-olds, but let's pick on our 30-year-olds yep. too. How do they blow the whole investment game? They
1: do the same thing. They try to outsmart themselves. It, it, it Being successful as an investor is incredibly simple until you complicate it. And we see this all the time with 30-year-old portfolios. They have the individual stocks. They got into Bitcoin. They're doing the cannabis. They're trying the penny stocks. They're doing option strategies. All that is fine and well, but man, if you're not doing 20 to 25% in the boring, plain, vanilla, easy stuff and playing over here with this other stuff, I think you're missing the mark and you're making a big mistake. You know
0: the, 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 the worst thing you can do in options? Oh, I know because we've done it. You can make money on your first option trade. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) That's good. That sets you up to thinking you're a genius. Don't fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm so smart. Overconfidence is a true issue you need to be careful of. Buy into the market. Buy into the innovation of the future. You do not have to recreate the will. Experience definitely creates wisdom on that. Take it from some guys who've blown that we- in, 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 fortunately, small increments so that the big money can continue again, to grow. play money, big money. I love that phrasing. That's perfect. Um, Bo, I put this on there because you used to be a, a guy who, who hawks some life insurance. Yeah, I, C- cash value, your friend or foe when it comes to investing? Again,
1: we already said that you should start investing in risk management in your 30s. That means buying types of insurance. We think, oh, well, if I'm going to buy the insurance anyways, I'll go buy some of that fancy stuff that has some investments in whole life and, and, and all that stuff. That's probably not what you need. Let insurance be insurance. Let investments be investments. And you're going to set yourself up for success.
0: Understanding where your money's going is a pretty valuable concept. So so focus on that. All right. A little self-reflection here. Let's talk about 40s. Oh, Man, look, at, look at that happy. Is that guy. is that a GQ cover? Uh, you know, look if at I that. was trying to figure out if that's is that a celebration or panic, I'm thinking that's clearly the needles pointed on celebration. Ah, that's a happy dude. So uh, let's talk about it, because I do resemble this. I'm in my now mid You're still mid soon, late You're still mid. forty. So let's talk about how you invest your time. This really is the vision planning <laughs> time. Look at it. You know, I I did this because only people who are my age are gonna recognize that. Oh, yeah, that's By that's way, true. That is not a purchase collectible. That is a collectible that Brian owned as a child. And yes, I packed it in like a, I don't know, a hoarder. (laughs) And then it still has value in the future. So hoarding is not all bad when things can turn out to be valuable. By the way, I still had the thermos in there too. That kicks up the market value. So, other than investing in collectible lunch boxes that you actually had at childhood, how
1: should four-year-olds think about investing their time? Well,
0: this really this is the age where you get to think about your why. Mm-hmm. Do you have enough money in there to, to to do? You know what makes you happy? Because it ain't gonna be money. Right. I had I just had somebody post a comment on YouTube recently. Like I'm 38. I have on paper I have money. I am completely miserable. Mm-hmm. And I wrote him a nice comment back. And I'm sitting there going. Yeah, because you focused your why was I want to be rich. Mm-hmm. Why to be rich is a horrible idea. Your why needs to be, have a lot more teeth to it. It needs to have some purpose to it. So this is the time. Vision planning on knowing why, what makes you happy and then gives you purpose and fulfillment. That's also going to help you avoid the midlife crisis. So do the vision planning. That's one of the things that we say is
1: in your 40s, we think it's just so valuable. If you focus on the good things, yeah. it is really easy. It is human nature for all of us to focus on the woulda, shoulda, coulda, wish I would have. If you can focus on the things here and now that are good, that are positive, that are valuable, it will help you avoid a lot of unnecessary stuff, both unnecessary spending like buying the beach house or buying the fancy car or going through a divorce or that kind of stuff. And it will allow you to focus on the here and now and the things that you should be thankful for and will propel you to that next level.
0: So let's keep on this theme of Planning because we talked about vision planning, but I also think this is a great point We're creating a true financial plan mm-hmm. because, look, I get it. 20s and 30s, you watch shows like The Money Guy, you go read some books, there's enough benchmarks, there's some basic rules of thumbs that you can go and get really a lot of it right just off educating yourself. But there's going to come a point where benchmarks and rules of thumbs, they kind of reach their limits of what they can do for you. So you kind of need to understand what do you need to be successful. Yeah, we always say in your 20s and 30s, your goal should be to be saving
1: 20 to 25% of your gross income. That's great. Once you get to 40, you got to start actually doing a formula to calculate where you are. And this is the formula we think works. Take your age times your income, divide by 10 – that number's where you should be if you want to be average. If you want to be where we want you to be, multiply that times two. So now your new mindset doesn't need to be, am I saving 20 to 25%? Your mindset needs to be, what do I need to be saving to get to that calculated number?
0: Man, the millionaire next door formula knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. when Dr. Stanley worked on that a long, long time ago. So that, that's just an incredible... Here's also, I, I talked about for 20-year-olds, they need to go find a mentor. Mm-hmm. 40-year-olds, I want you to be a mentor. You've got, you know, you are an expert probably in your field. You're having some success. Go share that with somebody. Pay it forward so that somebody else can also start building some of those foundational knowledge points to keep making the world a better place and have a lot of good things happen. Health. Guys, I had a I was in a small group with my pastor back in Georgia, and he was he's probably five to six years older than me. And he said, guys, I'll just tell you. My father told me a long time ago, when you hit in your 40s, you're going to realize your metabolism falls off a cliff. It's no longer as fast. And if you're not using your body, you start losing your body. So he said, I, the best advice I got from my father was to start exercising. Make sure I was active at 40. And that's why I will. the team knows I put my exercising on the calendar mm-hmm. just like I would a client appointment because I know if I'm not using it, I'm going to fall apart. And what good is it to build all these assets, mm-hmm. build all this stuff up, create something incredible, and then just let it all rot around you because you didn't focus on your health. Yeah. So pay attention to stuff. It is a fork in the road moment. Yeah,
1: I think that's, I think that's absolutely wonderful, Brian. And if I'm hearing you right, the work you do in your 40s is the thing that's going to set you up from a health perspective to not have issues in your 50s and 60s and e- e- even beyond that.
0: No doubt. And especially if you have death fears like me, it also that's, lets you check that out. I think box.
1: it's so funny. In your 40s, I've known you for a long time now. In your 40s, you exercise exponentially
0: more than you ever did in your 30s. Yeah. It's got, that fear is real. <laughs> we got to keep this thing above ground. Me and, me and Pitbull are talking about that stuff. So let's talk about memories. You got to trap those independent teenagers by doing awesome, cool trips because it, the world is so cruel. And the fact that you, your kids, when you get more sentimental in your 40s and later, are more independent. So, what I've done is I've created cool trip traps <laughs> that they have to go on to enjoy it. And that because you're creating memories, just make mm-hmm. sure you understand that stuff. Also, This is the point where you probably should. You're not in the messy middle like your 30s. Make sure your career is structured in a way that you are building time to create memories as well. Because you have an impact not only on your career and the people that
1: you see every day, but also in terms of how you interact with your family and the kind of role model and example you're setting for them.
0: Exactly. So let's talk about where do you invest the money, Bo. All right. So first pay attention to asset location. What do we mean by that? Yeah, you know, we always talk about asset allocation,
1: which is how you spread your assets out for risk, but asset location actually the types of buckets you put your money in and we always think that when you get to financial independence, you want to have three distinct buckets. You want to have your Pre-tax, like your 401Ks, you want to have your after-tax, like your taxable brokerage, and you want to have your tax-free, like your Roth. Well, in your 40s, that's really that area where now you can kind of start thinking about which buckets am I filling up and how well am I filling those up? Because it's going to
0: matter as you start to approach financial independence. You know what I didn't hear you say in there? Your target retirement funds. So even though we love target retirement funds, it might be the point that you're graduating from those because you need some of those specialized portfolios mm-hmm. and special you know, you're no longer a generalist. You definitely have more of a specialized or custom right. um, type of portfolio. So you need to pay attention to that. This is a, you know, for all the, if you go back, if you're watching this whole show, you're like, Brian is he's losing his mind. Cause he's kind of going in two different directions here. <laughs> Cause I just totally hit the 20 and 30 year olds hard for paying down debt right? early. Guess what I'm giving you guys in your forties, go ahead and be aggressive with the debt. If you're over 45, Pay down the debt. I'm okay with you being completely debt-free because compounding interest is still super powerful for you, but it's also very important that you are unencumbered in the future. So let's get that debt conquered. I love it. Uh, So we think
1: that in your 40s are also, there are some investments that you want to avoid. And this one, it is funny because I thought, well, should this be in in the 30s? But no. This one really is in the 40s, and I think the reason it's in the 40s is you've had enough time to build up wealth. You've had enough time for your accounts to grow, your assets to grow, your income to grow. Now you actually get approached with some of the sexy, exciting deals that are out
0: there. You called them sexy, exciting deals. I like to, and it makes my wife crazy when we're with some of our doctor friends. I call them dumb doctor deals because that's who gets pitched these things, these super exclusive private deals for only accredited investors. Mm -hmm. They're dumb doctor deals, so be very careful of those things. Too much risk. Mm -hmm. If you've won the game, how often do you watch a football game and and a team's up by four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden, you see them doing crazy stuff like onside t- kicks. Not the winning, the, I'm talking about the winning team is doing onside kicks. You don't see it. The reason is because they know they have the game in That's hand, right. they have won the game. They are now coming up with strategies to mitigate the risk of them losing the game. They run the ball so they can run the clock out. It's the same way. I'm not saying you're going to go to cash. But I am saying you do need to kind of retrain your brain to understand your risk profile is not just risk tolerance now. It's also risk capacity as well. So pay attention to those changes.
1: Another thing that I see happen to folks in the 40s is you begin justifying different ways to spend your money as investments. Oh, well... You know, I have the ability. I, maybe I should go buy that beach property because you know, beach beach houses—they go up in value, and the family can use it. And I hear I can get all of these tax deductions. I should go invest. That you really need to understand the difference in use assets and toys and investments because often they are not the same thing, and they get very very confused. When
0: you talk about beach houses, lake houses, boats, um, you know, snowmobiles, all these RVs. These are mistakes and we've done shows on it, that you want your friends and family <laughs> to make. You don't actually want to own these exactly things right. yourself. You want the benefit without the things that pull on the back pocket. So pay attention to those things. Then the last thing we had on here was be careful because we see this all the time where you you've got your your human capital, that's mm-hmm. your wages, that's your time. This is your employer working for, but then also having too much of that your investment capital at the same place. You yeah. see this with Fortune 500 companies Where not only do you work at the place, but you also have all your investments at the place. Those two, it could work out just swimmingly well. You hear about stories all the time about Microsoft secretaries that became millionaires. Those are the exceptions potentially because what you don't hear about is like Lucent Technologies, WorldCom, others where employees got crushed by losing their job, but also their retirement assets. So pay attention Human capital mixed with investment capital. You need to have some understanding there. I think that's absolutely perfect. We're knocking it out. <laughs> 50s. Financial independence is insight. Look, I think this is so great that we got Carol in the photo here. It looks like, you know, because of the way that thing cuts across her leg, it looks like she has like a high boots. <laughs> oh, it does. Kind it of it she looks like, she, like my <laughs> wife is all into the high boots right now. So maybe I'm hyper focused on that. But I thought that was interesting. But this is the thing. I like the 50s. Because when we talk about how you invest your time, this is where hopefully the runway is lined up. You're thinking about what do I want to accomplish? When do I want to retire? How much do I need? This is the time when you want to make sure you measure twice and cut once. I hear you say that so many times, Brian. I think it's so true because we have a lot of folks that
1: they'll just say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to retire at 60. Okay, well, cool. What kind of thought have you put into that? Or how'd you come up with it? Oh, well, I just. I just want to be done at 60. i have enough I've, money. I know I can get to my 401k at 59 and a half, so 60 works, right? Make sure that you measure, 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 measure before you cut, because it is really, really hard to get that water back up the hill. And the fifties is when you need to start doing that. Well,
0: I want to say this, this is because might as well. Everybody accuses me of being a troll, so why not throw some troll comments out there? When we, um, you know, when we do fire episodes and things like that, I am always shocked at how many comments come in talking about equating work with slavery. And I'm like, y'all don't have the same job I have. And and I I would tell you, Carol, who's on the slide right here, she's a perfect example. She doesn't have to work. I mean, this is one of those things, but we come, I mean, and it's the same way. I don't have, I'm at this stage where I don't, financially, I don't have to work. Mm -hmm. This is definitely a long way from slavery. You should have purpose. You should have fun. Now, if you want to retire early... I love it, but I want you to build enough financial independence that you work under your terms, guys. This is why it is so powerful to start saving early and put your money to work. And we think that in your 50s is when you really start to,
1: you need to know your number. The way yep. that you can actually know, do I get to go to work because I want to, not because I have to? The way that you figure that out is by knowing what your number is and what your financial independence uh, goal looks like. Yeah,
0: what are you retiring to? Do you have hobbies? Do you have a purpose for what you actually want to do? A second career, organizations you want to be involved with? Put some time into it. If you're going to plan how you're going to save for retirement, why not plan how you want to be That's in right. retirement? it's just, it makes complete common sense. So let's talk about where to invest your money, okay. Bo. We talked about this already, but I'll let you repeat it. Asset location. Now it matters, dare I say even more, because there's
1: a chance in your 50s, especially if you're someone who's retiring early, this is where you actually start pulling money out. Well, if you're going to leave the workforce before 55, you better really know where your assets are located because you might not be able to get to all of them yet. Even between 55 and 59, there's only some you can get to, and then your 60s, it opens up a little bit. You need to understand how you're building your different pots of money and where the money, when you retire... Is going to come
0: from. Well, this is also there's great planning opportunities. If you're focusing on asset location, having tax-free, tax-deferred, and after-tax money, you have a chance if you're a retire early type person, you can manipulate the tax cut yep. by pulling from those different buckets. Pay attention to asset location, Love very it. valuable stuff. Balancing your risk profile. I've already used this analogy, yep. but Bo, it really is true. If you've won the game, don't blow
1: it. But we see it on the other side. Some people win the game and they just stop playing the game altogether, yep. right? They say, oh, okay, well, I hit my number. Now I'm just going to sell everything, put it in a coffee can, bury it in the backyard. If you retire in your 50s or even your 60s, but you're going to live until your 80s or 90s, some portion of your portfolio still needs to be growing for you. So understanding your risk is about understanding it on both sides, not being too aggressive, not being too conservative, being perfect Goldilocks.
0: And it, it just makes complete sense to understand those concepts of on risk. Mm-hmm. Also, be debt-free. You know, this is one of those guys, I've said this before, and I think it's always when I have a good concept, I, I bite on it like a bone, like a dog, and keep, <laughs> keep on grip as long as I can. Encumbrance and independence are on two separate parts of a dictionary. When you are financially independent, you need to be debt-free. So yep. get rid of all those encumbrances. And that we think that
1: in your 50s, and possibly before this, but definitely in your 50s, when you are thinking about that measuring and, and cutting once and only leaving the workforce or something, it's not crazy to ask for professional help, to seek some guidance, someone who can look at Monte Carlo simulations, help you run scenario analysis, make sure that your risk actually is balanced. This is a great time before you make that big step to think about reaching out to a professional to help you navigate. That.
0: You are the CEO of a seven-figure portfolio. Think about that. There's a lot of great things that come with that, but there's also a lot of risk associated with. Why not have somebody look over your shoulder or be a co-pilot, be in this with you to kind of make sure you don't screw it up and run it right into the ditch? So it just doesn't make sense. And then, Bo, I like to, you know, what are some of the things we want to avoid on the investments? You've said this in a lot of the previous decades here, investments that risk the farm. If you
1: are rounding third and you are coming home and you're about to step on home plate... You don't do a backflip. You just finish the drill. You don't take crazy risks. You understand what you have, how your plan is structured, how it's supposed to be working. You don't get crazy. Again, it's really, really simple when you're young to build it up and and and, and reach financial independence. Once you're at financial independence. It's kind of easy not to screw it up. You just have to make sure you're not doing those things too Yeah, you don't have
0: the time to rebuild it from zero. So make sure you take that into account. You don't want to have too much company stock. We've already talked about the fact that you want to make sure your human capital and your investment capital aren't occupying too much of the Mm -hmm. same space. And then, Bo, here's a good one because I think a lot of people have this false sense of being overly conservative. They hit financial independence, and then they say – that's it. I'm done. Let's go to cash. Is that really how the world works?
1: Absolutely not. And we see this all the time. Uh, one thing that you need to be really aware of is if you are going to live for another 30, 40 years in retirement, 50, this thing, 50 years on, in retirement. Come on, be an optimist, 50, Bo. Six, I'm getting older. Go ahead, this, we're going to last
0: this. Make this thing last. You go ahead and go to Methuselah. So if you want <laughs> to
1: live that long, there's this thing called inflation. The price of a Coca-Cola is going to get more and more expensive through time. That's what happens. You want to make sure that your dollars, your army, keeps working for you. If all you do is pull it out and you just hold CDs or just hold cash or you bury it under the mattress, there's a chance you're not going to be able to purchase the same amount of goods later
0: in retirement as you do early in retirement. Well, and don't forget, interest rates are still in the basement. Yep. I mean, I know it's ridiculous that we all celebrate and do high fives that we make 1% one to 1.5% one <laughs> on our savings accounts right now. Historically, that's still horrible. Yep. So you, if you want to keep your assets growing, you want, you're going to have to have some money built for growth, some money built for security and can being conservative. Make sure you understand that you're, you're, you're going to have a diversified portfolio. You don't want to be too conservative just because you've crossed that threshold. Bo, woo! I feel like we just did a sprint. You want another one? There we go. I felt like we just hit that thing hard. I mean, wide open. And now it's kind of our deep breath moment that we want to just thank you guys. We try to give you every decade all the things you need to think about, whether it's on our net worth series, we're focusing on the assets, the liabilities. Here we're talking about the behavior stuff, things you need to make sure you're checking the boxes on as well as building memories, what to invest your time these things are so powerful. We just appreciate you letting us come into your house, your gym, your car, wherever you're consuming this content. And just know we don't take it for granted. I want to uh, share a little
1: secret with you. If you're someone who falls into either your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, or your 60s, if you fall into that category, we have something you should go check out. You should go out to moneyguy.com and check out our resources page. In addition to the shows that we're doing, in addition to the new blog that we're putting out there, we actually make resources available to you, whether it be a worksheet or a checklist or a spreadsheet or whatever. Go out there and check it out because we want you guys to have it. We want it to be the thing that allows you to learn, I'm going to screw it up, to learn, and then apply, apply and, and then grow, and we call that the,
0: abundance, the cycle. abundance cycle. But here's the question, Bo: What's the membership cost for the resource page?
1: Uh, it is absolutely zero.
0: Oh, wait a minute. That is the abundance wait. cycle. You come for free. <laughs> you Learn, apply, grow, and then you reach a level of success that you're going to need somebody in your corner. You might have to give us your email address. It's not <laughs> free. You might have to give us your email address. But that's it. It's still free. That's still free in my mind. That's I still information think that works. is all it is. We need to know where our folks are. Uh, so, go seriously, go check it out. Abundance Cycle. We work with clients all over the country. Go to moneyguy.com. I want you to know we've been doing this since 2006. If you think this is zany and wild, and maybe we make some mistakes, you ought to seen this thing in 2006. <laughs> this is actually the improved, new and improved version. So. Thank you for tuning in, going on this crazy journey with us. We don't take it for granted, and we're having an absolute blast. And just thank you for being part of the Money Guy family. I'm your host, Brian Preston, Mr. Bo Hanson. We'll talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws
1: and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized
0: investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice.